Welcome to Shooting the Breeze, live call of the game between the Sydney Flames and the Melbourne Boomers, coming to you from the Key Centre in Sydney Olympic Park. Calling the game today is Shooting the Breeze co-host Jacinta Govind, and she's being joined by Rachel Herrick. Now, before the OGs get into the call, and while the two teams are warming up, I'd like to ask each of you, what do you think is going to be the key factors in this game? Well, first of all, the OGs, <laughs> back in the commentary box together after a while. Rachel? Thanks for having me this afternoon, guys. Keith, uh, yeah, you go. You go, go you go first. <laughs> key factors. Uh, I think one of the matchups I'm going to be looking at today is uh, Tiana Mangakahia and Christy Wallace. Head for head, two of the best point guards in the league at the moment and also possibly fighting for a spot in the Opals final roster for Paris 2024. I think um, for Melbourne, the key factor will be to exploit the inside game. I would expect uh, Davidson and Nelson Adota to hopefully get a little bit more court time for Melbourne if they want to get ahead. They're coming off that dramatic loss in double overtime against the Townsville Fire last... Well, not I shouldn't say last round. It was like two days ago. Uh, whereas to Sydney, they just got to keep discipline and keep their cool and they should be okay. What do you think, Rachel? Yeah, it took the words out of my mouth. Just into, I think, um, yeah, I think the key matchups across the floor today are definitely um, some really juicy ones, especially the guard spot. But I think um, Melbourne, the Melbourne Boomers have a distinct height advantage uh, inside uh, with George Davidson and Nelson and Dota. So I think, look, this game for them means a lot more, I think, as far as they're fighting out for uh, late season ladder predictions. They're currently sitting in third, um, 12 and 5. So um, they've probably got a lot more for a lot more to play for today uh, as far as um, postseason ramifications because the top four is very much still very alive. Okay. Now that we've covered the key factors, I just want to ask you both your opinions about the games we've watched over the last few weeks. There's been a lot of close games, some upsets, not the least of which was that one-point nail-biter at the, at the John Payne Arena a couple of weeks ago. It looks to me like all these teams that have nothing left to lose are just going at it and throwing literally the kitchen sink at every game they're getting into. How dangerous are games like this today for those teams that are at the top of the ladder? Yeah, look, I think um, as with, uh, I think this is probably, I mean, it's been mentioned that this is probably one of the closest ends of the season to date, and uh, it's, they, they make for some really juicy matchups, especially when, um, you know, the top four are playing some teams that are outside the four. That's what, as you said, Paul, they've got nothing to, you know, they've got everything to, nothing to play for, but everything to gain. You've got your likes, and your, uh, your Canberra Capitals, and, you know, Jay Melbourne in particular, they, they, they've got a lot to play for professionally in their career-wise, but, um, you know, these teams that don't have a, a finals spot to play for, they've got a lot of pride to play for, Paul. And I think that pride goes a long way, that they want to stir things up and <laughs> throw things into the mix. So uh, I think we see it a lot. You know, there's a lot to play for for the top four teams. So they're fighting for their positions. The bottom four, they just want to play to win. Yeah. Yeah, and I really like that um, sometimes you get to this end of the season and you know there's going to be the four or five teams that are definitely going to be in the top four. And what I like about the WNBL as well, it always keeps you guessing until the very end. Um, we still don't know. We still can't be sure of who's going to take that fourth spot. But in the meantime, we've still got teams, like you said, Rach, Caps, Flames, Adelaide, that are still very competitive, that can really, like, very strongly influence the final four placings because... Um, they're still holding these top teams accountable and the top teams still can't afford to drop a game. 
Absolutely. And, and Paul, you, I mean, you mentioned that game the other week at John Kane Arena. And, I mean, that was Sydney come against formidable side in the Southside Fires. And uh, it probably just goes to show you that perhaps, you know, the, the Flames in particular and also Adelaide and Canberra, that, you know, they, may, they didn't start their seasons off great. So had they, you know, that they could have very well have been in contention for top four teams or top four position, but it just hasn't gone their way or they've not been able to be consistent enough to get over, like, win some games early on. Um, but it doesn't mean that the quality of the league is any less because uh, there's been some really awesome performances and, you know, they've got a lot to play for. Okay. Oh, right. So now we're going to be uh, taking a moment now here at the Key Centre. Um, we're going to be doing Welcome to Country because it is Indigenous Round. Um, and the Flames organisation, Hoops Capital organisation, has organised some um, local First Nations artists to perform.
All right, so that was a lovely welcome to country here at Key Centre, welcoming everyone, fans, players and alike to the Eora Nation, finishing with the always ha was, always will be Aboriginal land in which we meet today for this WNBL game of the Sydney Flames versus the Melbourne Boomers. We've got five minutes here until tip-off, Rach. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you're expecting from this game? I'm expecting a lot, to be honest. As I said just before, I think that um, the Boomers have got a lot to play for, um, you know, to keep their postseason alive and where they want to finish as far as um, who they'll potentially match up with in the postseason. But I think the Flames, you know, they've, you know, they beat the Southside Flyers at John Kane Arena. Look, they're not to be written off either. I think they've got a lot of pride to play for. They've had a lot of things happening off the court and you know all these players have got a point to prove um as you mentioned that we've got some opal squad members that we've got the asia cup coming up later this year that they're potentially um playing for positions in that team um so i think across the board everyone personally they've got some things to play for but i think the flames you know headed up by shelly gorman they you know they've got some they want to finish the season off strong um you know they're playing potentially for positions next season as well yeah, no, I totally agree. There's definitely been a lot of activity off court for the Sydney Flames, but like the professionals they are, they have been handling it very, very well, and it seems like it hasn't. They haven't let it infiltrate their performance on court. If anything, they've been playing a lot better basketball than we've seen all season. But talk to me about the Melbourne Boomers. We touched on before about how you can't really afford to drop a game even at this end of the season. They are sitting third now on the ladder, the top four going through to the finals series uh, in about two, three rounds time. Yep. Um, what do you feel like the Melbourne Melbourne's going to focus on in this game? I think they just need to take care of their own business if I, to be honest. So that's um, the old cliche of control the controllables and you can only take care of what's in your backyard. So they've got some things that they need to work on. I mean, um, all of the top four, top five, they all still play. That's what makes the run home awesome is they their, their last few games are against other opponents that are in the top four. So they need to take care of their own business. They need to make sure that they're starting the game strong and also trying to put together as much as a complete 40-minute performance as they can because leading into the finals it's anyone's game and um, they need to be on their best that they can't really kind of pick and choose when they take their foot on the gas and take it off a little bit because this is the real crunch time when they're gaining some momentum and really building that you know that momentum leading into finals that you you need to practice and play for the rest of the season how you want to perform in the in the postseason that's right well I used to have a coach as well that used to say you can't turn it on and off like a tap but it has to be consistently running for all four quarters of the game for sure so Melbourne won't have some of their young bench players Lily Carmody Paige and Sophie Burrows who have just wrapped up with the under 20 nationals in Geelong that finished up today um, and no Leilani Mitchell yet either Rachel we know that she was a in quotes an injury replacement for the Boomers uh, yes. but she is not suiting up this game no she's not so I believe um, you know the family there making the move down to Victoria this weekend and uh, I'm sure she'll join the uh, the team uh, early this week, I think, and I think they'll she'll get into practice, and um, then they'll make the decision on to, as to when she'll um, play her first game. But with um, very limited rounds left, you know, heading before finals, I think they'll want to get her into the mix, especially at practice, if not into a game situation. I think the more games that she can get in this side of you know the the regular season, the more be the, the benefit the more benefits going to serve the Melbourne Boomers. That you know, throwing such a player with such experience. Of course, she's coming off having a, a baby herself. So I think that um, 
you know, she'll take some time to adjust, but you don't, you definitely don't want that to be week one of finals either. But what a huge, um, you know, opportunity to have her join the squad this late in the season. Oh, absolutely. It's another mum in the league. Uh, more and more the WNBL and Basketball Australia showing their support for our mums who are also athletes. We can see little pearly girl down the end of the boomers bench who's Taylor's. <laughs> now, I only say pearly girl to use the same phrasing that Kayla has used in a couple of podcasts recently. Not that we have met Pearl yet. But we can see teams getting ready for the bench. Now, one person from the Flames, we know that Tiana Mungakahia had a huge game against the Flyers at John Kane Arena last round. All eyes will be on her, but someone that I am hoping will step up even further is Jocelyn Willoughby. Yeah, absolutely. I think she's... Um, I really like the way that she just goes about her business quite... Often it's quiet. Um, you know, she's a really solid contributor across the board for the Flames. But you're right. Um, I think that there's every opportunity that she's going to step up and really make her presence felt. But I really like the way that, you know, she's just steady. She's a really steady contributor. She's a good, got a, you know, really experienced in the backcourt there. And, um, no, yeah, I agree. I think um, she's, she could be a key to today's. And especially she's could potentially be matching up on some of the bigs as well as they rotate through. Yeah, I feel like the Melbourne Boomers probably have a slight height advantage. We talked earlier about that perhaps they're going to take the opportunity to exploit the inside game. Um, someone who is leading so far the buzz around the WNBL MVP, Signet WNBL MVP, is Kayla George. Who from the Flames is going to shut her down this game, Rach? Yeah, I think it's going to take a team effort. And I expect that, you know, between uh, Shervin, it could be Froling, it could be Clark. But I think it's going to be a, just a real team effort that I suspect that they might look to send a double down. So we're just about tip off here at the Key Centre, Sydney now, Flames. It's, and it's great to see that we've actually got some Sydney Kings players that have travelled maybe on foot just down from their uh, win over Cairns Taipans this afternoon. got Angus Glover in the house and also I did just see Sean Bruce somewhere. So great to see the Hoops Capital family here to support their, their gals this afternoon and uh, go team. Well, I don't think Angus Glover has a choice, being that his uh, partner, Kira Rowe, is sitting up for the Sydney <laughs> Flames. I wonder, so. I wonder if that was a discussion before, saying, win, loss or draw, are you going to be coming in to watch? So, um, I, unfortunately, I feel like it's got to be unspoken now. You've got to come regardless. So here absolutely. we are, tip off Wallace uh, with the ball here, heavily guarded by Mangaka here. She finds Newly. She looks over to George Dukes right inside for Nelson Adota, and a foul is called early. It looks like it's going to be on Shervin. And there we have it, right straight from the first possession. The Boomers are looking to go inside already. Yeah, they are. And um, Nelson Adota's really grown in confidence over the course of the season. She's quite young and um, her first real pro gig um, overseas. And, um, yeah, she's really grown and been inside presence. So that's a focus. Mitchell sure. can't get her early shot. So here comes Willoughby in the opposite direction. She finds Clark. A little bit of an overthrow there looking for Shervin, so a turnover. And now we've got Christy Wally Wallace walking the ball up the court. Mitchell, nice matchup against, and the switch on the screen, as we can see there. George, she looks for Nelson Adota again, and it's a back to back foul, almost like deja vu, Rach. It is. I'm not sure if that's uh, that foul there. Shervin's probably come off a little bit unlucky there. That she was just fighting really hard down in the low post there to try and get around Nelson Adota and just went to go for the intercept and um, was a little unlucky to get called with the fouls and that will see her sit down within 40 seconds. Yeah, not ideal, but a strong sub with Kira Rowe is now and a travel violation is called 
on Kayla George. So the Flames forcing a turnover and now will be their turn to play in the half court. Mungakar here playing the point guard. She's guarded by Mitchell. Handoff now to Willoughby. Willoughby can't get much on the penetration. Goes through row. Back to Mungakar here for the pick and roll. Goes to cross, but crosses at Tiff Mitchell's feet instead. We've got five here on the shot clock. It's Clark for three, but that's short. Wally here to pick up the scraps. As Wally does, she's looking to push. She finds the gap on the left, but that's no good. Clark with the rebound. Mangakar here looking to reply. Nice slip past the Froling, but that is tapped away by George. And it's back with the Boomers already. Yeah, it is. The Flames are getting some nice looks up and down early, but just some tough D. Great D from Rose. She sees George hit the deck, Froling with the temporary PG duties. Willoughby finds Froling again, and this time M rims out. Really good look there from Froling, but just um, thought there was a bit more defensive pressure that wasn't quite there. George, she gets everything sorted with a three ball, puts an end to this back and forth of misses. A real nerve steady of that one, and we know that Kayla George, that's a great shot look for her, and one will more often than not drop. Flames here now in a four high set. Nice handoff to Mungakar here in her turn for a three. That just rims out. Contest under the basket, but Nelson Adota comes up with it good. Now here comes Wallace. Skips over to George. Can she go back-to-back threes? And she wow. can, of course. Just needed a little bit of a shimmy on the left first there, Rach. <laughs> she did a nice little steadying dribble, but that's ominous signs for the, for the Flames, though. They'll need to make sure they find where she is. Mungakar here. She's looking for Froling. Froling with the mismatch on Wally inside. This time she makes it, doesn't get it to go again. Slight drop of the head, but there's plenty of opportunities. Wally for the transition three. That's front of the rim. Rose there to put a quick stop to it. And now Willoughby with the ball, just calling for a little bit of calm. Mungakar here slows it right down for the horn set. Clark in the corner. There we go with the reply. Emma Clark in the corner. And another bl- and a block at the other end. Here come the Flames coming back now. Mangakar here. She looks, she hezzies. She hezzies with the left. And she makes it this time. The Flames are well and truly back into this with a scoreline of 5 to 6. Still in favour of the Boomers. 6.30 to play in the first. Yeah, it's a real up and down affair at the moment. With both, you can see all the players almost just gasping for a little bit of air just to take the heat out of the game. Yeah, how's that interval training growing? Oh, <laughs> Mia Murray. Murray just silences everyone. And that was a well-contested shot. That did not come easy. No, Murray's another one they'll need to catch up with early. Well, George says no thank you to Willoughby. And here come Boomers again on the transition. Wally finds Mitchell in the corner, but she just steps out of bounds. Getting a little bit caught up, I think, in this quick tempo play as well. Hey, Rach. It's a high-tempo game, that is. And, uh, you know, they're a bit of a coach killer when you're trying to spread the floor nice and wide and your heels are just on these, these uh, out-of-bounds there. It's so easy that it's so easy just to do something small like that when you get in the flow of the of the whole game. Mangakar here for three. That's short. Nelson Adota again doing a great job on the defensive boards. Straight to Wally. She's looking to explore early. She takes the bump on the right and makes it. Like she does it every day of the week. 
Tough finish. Very tough finish. Heavy contact, tough finish. Ball's now with Willoughby. She takes a pick and roll from Froling, but that's no good. They find Froling now on the low block. We've got six here on the shot clock. She's got to get it to go, and the foul is called. I really liked how the Flames got through the shot clock there, and they were calling down under 10 seconds, but uh, Keely Froling just really taking her time on that one there. She's had a few... Bunny's just under the bucket that she's uh, not converted early on, so she just took her time and uh, really took it to Nelson Adoda to earn herself a trip to the free-throw line. Now, Rachel, you're a very well-experienced WNBL player yourself, so you can probably speak to that hype at the very start of an important game. Yeah. You're going to miss those bunnies, as you call it. You're sometimes going to miss those uh, really easy buckets on the basket. Yeah. How important is it to try and mentally get over that early? You don't have time. You've got a choice to either dwell on it or just to move on really quick. So uh, that's, um, you know, Froling just made that adjustment and um, gone back to bucket and uh, earned herself a trip to the free throw line. A Dota with an unseasonal uh, shot from the high post there, and that just rims out. Row on the low block. Mungakar here calling for the pick and roll. She finds Clark. Clark is confident, but it looks short. And there's George with a hard advantage over row. Mitchell now on the fly. She crosses, looks for the left, manages to really craft, like really crafty there, trying to draw the foul there on Mungakar here. Yeah, kind of uh, arms and legs everywhere. I think she drew the contact, but really tried to exasperate the contact. Yeah, I feel like in that situation, she had a big enough of a lane there. She could have just focused on the finish more than the contact. Am I right? Yeah, well, you've got to do what you've got to do to, to get some attention from the refs. And, uh, you know, Tiff Mitchell is the leading scorer at the league currently at 19.5 points per game. So uh, I'm sure that does include a few trips to the free throw line. No, she is also one of the leading uh, free throw percentage players in the league as well, hovering sure. around 85 to 87%. So totally. look, whether she's getting a layup or free throws, it's guaranteed a good chance it's going to go in. Totally. So just under five minutes here to play in the first. It's Sydney Flames 7 and Melbourne Boomers 13. Foul is called here on the floor. Pushing foul. Looks like it's going to be on Tiff Mitchell. That will be her first. She's a little unsure what that was, but uh, a foul all the same. Inbound now. Froling, row off to Willoughby. Finds Clark at the top of the key. She waits for that pick and roll. Well guarded by George. She's got the spin move. She finds her way in traffic, but it is a travel violation that is called instead. Yeah, just a bit of a... She almost drew the double team there, so I got a little bit frantic there and just shuffled her feet. Could have gone either way, though, I think, but uh, they did call a foul first, a travel first. Good defense from the Boomers not committing a foul in that situation as well. And Murray, Nelson Adota at the top, finds Mitchell on the left. George, oh, beautiful lob into Nelson Adota, but it is a foul called on the ground on Tiana Mangakai here. What do you make of this one, Rach? I don't know. I'm all for you got to give, you know, the players somewhere to land, but I equally think that Mangakai certainly had floor position first, and uh, I think that's another costly one. That's her second, and there's just four minutes to play here in the first quarter, so it looks like for now that Coach Shelley Gorman will leave her out there, but... Uh, not ideal as Wally goes for three there. Yeah, big Not three sure. ball from Wally. 
We but see some subs, though, nonetheless. We see Clark have a break, and Vanessa Panousis now getting her first minutes of the game. See Willoughby taking on Goodchild. She's also checking in for the first time. Nice little bunny from the inside the block. That is a much-needed two for the Sydney Flames. Yeah, it is. But uh, just back to the Falso's spin, though, I think that the... Uh, that's something that the Flames are going to need to look at. That, that's not the only way they can defend uh, the Boomers, is they need to find another solution rather than just fouling them. Oh, absolutely. Considering that uh, the Boomers are one of the best shooting teams in the league too, including free throws. And there's George with another tough shot. The Boomers are definitely wasting no time. It's getting points on the board. But to be fair, the Sydney Flames defense, defense has still been right there with them. They are. They've made some tough shots, that's for sure. As Willoughby, speaking of tough, has overcooks it and catches the other side of the, ooh, the backboard. Unlucky. Very valiant save there from Froling. Just a little bit outside. But perhaps a little bit more hustle that the Flames need here to chip away at this nine-point deficit. As we are almost at the three-minute mark of this first quarter. Good child now. She's looking to go inside again. George catches just inside the short corner. Good child with a very short shot under the basket. Mungakar here now. Downhill behind the back. Very nice looking behind the back as well. Slowing down just into their horn set again. Panousis. Taking on Wally. Nice. Ooh, and a travel violation is called. I thought that looked like a nice little uh, hezzy hesitation there with her body from Vanessa Panousis, but the referees saw otherwise. Yeah, it looked like a nice little counter move, but uh, refs thought otherwise. So now back with Wallace, finds Mitchell again. She goes heavy defense on the left, but she gets stuck. Good child for three. This is what she's known for, but that just rims out. And without a touch, that's going to go back into the Flames' possession. Yeah, I think the Flames will be relieved that they, whilst it wasn't a, effectively a stop, but I think they'll be grateful that they they stopped the Melbourne Boomers from getting another two points. As you said, it's a nine-point lead with two minutes left to play. Here's Willoughby. Nice hesitation and great catch from Froling. Manages for Panina Davidson to commit the foul. So Froling is going to be head back to the free throw line. But good to see Goodchild and Davidson getting some early minutes in this game as well, Rach. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's going to be a 40-minute effort here for the Boomers, the boomers here. And, um, you know, as the season wears on, the players aren't, I mean, I'm sure they're capable. The, as you said, the double overtime game only just a few days ago. So could be just a way of managing fatigue also. Now, speaking of fatigue, as we mentioned before, the Boomers have just come off that double overtime loss from Townsville. So that is travel. That is a 50-minute game. That is a very short recovery time. How important is it now for uh, Coach Chris Lucas to share some of the minutes in this game? Or does he just play to win? I think it'd be a bit of both. It's a, it's a lot about load management. And I think, as you said, we've, we're seeing some rotations. Is now Mia Murray and uh, Taylor Orlip check in for Wallace and Mitchell. So, you know, I think it's also using the, um, the clock as well for, to elongate these substitution minutes as well. So I, I expect it would be probably short and sharp rest, but keeping legs fresh. Yeah, as professional as our athletes are, sometimes you just can't always account for, you know, the long as long a recovery time as you would like. But here we have Willoughby. She's looking to explore. Pulls up at the elbow. That's just long, but Rose on the O-boards. Mungakar here for three. That oh. banks it in. 
The bank is open. <laughs> on a Sunday as well. If you want a bank open on a Sunday, you come to the Key Centre and see the Flames play. <laughs> For sure. Davison at the high post. Murray, she pulls up just inside the three, but that's short. Good child this time with the O-board for the Boomers. Back up through Murray as we hit nine seconds on the Boomer shot clock. Davidson pitches it back out to Ortlep and she buries it. Just a quick sub in off the line, off the uh, off the bench and straight into the action. And uh, you know, as a, another one of the injury replacements, she's um, showing what she can do. Yeah, interesting, interesting, uh, interesting injury replacement as well. Considering she uh, chose not to play this season to in favour of uh, AFLW, so but it is not great to have her back in the league, nonetheless. Oh, just rims out for Willoughby, but the Flames managed to get it back. Great hustle by Keely Froling. There is a 17-second difference between the shot clock and the game clock, so there's heaps of shots to be had in this last. And unlucky for Willoughby. Looks like Ortlep got a hand to it there and managed to bounce it back off Willoughby. So this time it's going to be Boomer's ball with 21 seconds to play in the first. Interesting here, Ortlep with the point guard duties while Wally has a rest. Yeah, look, it is quite handy, you know, substitute just to give some quick breathe minutes into Wally. You know, keep the legs fresh. It has been quite warm. They've come from Townsville and it's been quite hot here in Sydney as well. So I think it's, um, you know, they just need to keep everyone fresh and um, play their roles. I especially think since Lily Scanlon and Tess Magin are now out for the season, Wally has had to carry a big load for the Boomers uh, at both ends of the floor. So understandably, you know, Chris Lucas did the right thing, brought in Goodchild and Ortlep, and now Leigh Mitchell will hopefully relieve, uh, give some relief for Wally. Totally. So it looked like we had an out-of-bounds there in the backcourt, so it's going to be Flames from the side with Willoughby in the inbound. Mungakar here, now here. This time we've got four-second differential between the shot clock and game clock. We're down to seven. Great skip over Mungakar here, finds Willoughby in the corner, but that is a turnover. Great steal by Davidson. Murray just throws it out of here. I'm not too sure if she was aware of the, sh the clock situation there, considering, uh, we, as we mentioned before, there's a lot of there's a lot of game time there. I it was probably she, a good four shot to me last week about it. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt, and I suspect that she might have been looking at the shot clock, not the game clock, because it hadn't quite reset. But the shot clock at that point in time, there was about one second. So she just caught and launched it. and um, Launched which it back to Kudos Bank Arena. Might have been the right thing to do if it, that was actually, in fact, the game clock. As Keely Froling will do the same coming back and uh, unsuccessful there. So so here we are, key centre for the Signet WNBL. We have the Sydney Flames versus the Melbourne Boomers. Flames 13, Boomers 21 as we have come into quarter time. Now, neither team, Rachel, really seem to have settled in very comfortably. However, I will say the Boomers are very clearly running a lot of offensive sets targeting their inside game, as we suspected. What would you, if you were Coach Shelley Gorman right now, what are some of the things that you'll be thinking of implementing to put a stop to that? Yeah, look, I think, you know, the Flames aren't doing a whole lot wrong, to be fair. I think they just really need to get some... Uh, they really just need to be able to uh, lock down on D. And I think that uh, limiting their touches, um, the Boomers, to be fair, with their size, they've just had a few good looks. And I think that the, the game might be a little bit, little bit closer uh, if you know, they, they did miss some shots early on. They are getting some really good looks. So they just need to almost keep doing what they're doing, but keep going with the 
um, with the intent and also with a bit of, you know, they, they're going to, you know, the shots are going to go in. So I think it can be a bit intimidating at times um, that when they're driving into the to the keyway with some much taller opponents, um, which is always going to happen, but they just need to go in with a bit of confidence that the shot's going to drop. But something I really like from the Flames very early on especially is their team game so far. They were getting a lot of looks where they were driving, drawing two defenders. There was someone like a Froling or a Mangakahi or a Willoughby right there in the receiver spot. It was just unlucky that they, uh, you know, the nurse perhaps or the, the front of game hype has just got the better of them and some of those layups missed. But um, uh, did you, I'm not sure if you also noticed getting into the end of that first quarter, some of that uh, ball rotation probably slowed down a bit for the Flames. So hopefully they'll be getting back to that ball rotation. But an interesting stat as well coming into this game is that Melbourne versus Sydney uh, have a lot more fast break points, but Sydney have a lot more points off the turnovers. So perhaps that's something that each team can exploit as well. Yeah, definitely. So we just have a have a bit of a look at some of the stats from the first quarter. Is uh, leading the way for the Boomers is uh, Kayla George with eight points, and she had a really good start. Christy Wallace with five points, and we've got uh, Taylor Ortlip and Mia Murray with three points each as well. For the Flames, we've got uh, Tiana Mankia leading the way with five points, and then we've got, we've got also got Clark and Willoughby with three points um, there as well. So, so I think it's good. we've got some good contributions early, but I think um, as you said, the Flames do a really good job of sharing the ball around. They're really unselfish and they do um, you know, make the extra pass to find that good shot. And interestingly, uh, Mangakar here is still on the floor with two fouls, so Gorman putting her faith in her not to foul. Nice counter move here from Froling. She fends off Nelson Adota, but that is short. Here comes now Tiff Mitchell on the fly. She is an athlete. She draws a foul on Willoughby in transition. I feel for anyone that has to guard <laughs> Tiff Mitchell at any given time. No, you're not wrong. She just really turns the jets on and um, she's really good, does a really good job of getting herself there to draw the foul and um, another trip to the free throw line. So Mitchell here for two. She makes the first. Wasting no time in this second quarter to get on the points board. And easily makes the second as well, putting the Boomers up to 23 points. Flames now down by 10. Here comes Panusa. She's well guarded by Wallace. Mangakar here now at the top. She's exploring. She takes on Tiff. She manages to draw a body foul on the ground. That's a nice little matchup there as well, Rachel. I know that Mangakar here has the aspirations to go back to the WNBA at one stage too, so... I think playing against the likes of Mitchell is definitely going to be able to foster that for her. Yeah, you're right. And I think, you know, the strength of the league, as we spoke about at the top, is um, it's there. And I think every game you've got a really good challenge across the board in, in key matchups. So I think it's a great opportunity for her. So we have seven on the shot clock. Willoughby fires for three, and that rims out. Well left there by Kayla George. So it's going to be a baseline inbound for the Boomers with Wally back in the point guard duties. Ortlep, Murray from the corner. That looks good, but that is short. Mungakar here now. She's coming back on the fly. She's got Rowe in tow. Nice behind the back. Oh, oh but Rowe got a little bit too excited and threw oh. that layup over the side. What a great pass there behind the back from Mungakar here, but overcooked it just a little. 
great entry into Froling. She tries to counter it on George. And the travel violation is called. I think Froling just got a, had the right intention, got it, perhaps got a little bit too stuck, but she didn't have any backup on the outside. So we see a turnover. We're now Wallace in the backcourt. She finds Ortlep back now to Wallace. George out on the three-point line. Tough shot with a hand. Mangakar here there to pick up the scraps. She's looking to push. She's got shooters in the corner. Finds Panousis for three. And wow. buries it. Great one-two punch from Mangakar here. And Panousis calling it. Yeah, I really like the patience there. The, the, the points at best, they, they, they look their best when they really get the ball through sets of hands. So I really like there that Panousis just stayed out in the wing here, the free throw line extended on the three-point line and really just spread the floor. Mm. And I think that just makes it really tough for defenders to have to choose on the rotations. Do they stay in the key or do they close out to a shooter? And, um, you know, Panousis does certainly have that ability to whack down that three-point shot as she's just done. Yeah, and the Flames have fresher legs than, than the Boomers. The Boomers, like we said, they've travelled. They've played a game in double overtime. Um... The Flames looking a lot better on transition when they're looking to push the ball. And if you've got the likes of someone like Mangakar here who can has excellent court vision, I think this is going to be uh, something that the Flames can use certainly to their advantage uh, to get back into this. Only seven points, eight, a whole 8.23 still to play in this quarter. The Flames on 16 and the Boomers on 23. But that was a Boomers timeout very early, perhaps trying to... Stop and prevent any more bleeding, I guess. Yeah, totally. And I think that, um, look, it is going to be a tough offensive afternoon just because we did speak about the uh, the height difference um, between the Flames and uh, the Boomers inside. So I really like that they're getting their, out in their outside game going because that's going to keep the Boomers defenders honest. They've got to defend outside and then, you know, inside too. So here's Wallace. She finds George in the high post. Over to Nelson Adota on the opposite high. Back to Wallace and straight inside for George. She takes on Rowe with a nice spin to the basket. Classic Kayla George. I like seeing Kayla George back under the basket as well. Mangakar here now. She's well guarded by Ortlip. She pulls up and she makes it. That's just a great shot there. And she's just getting really creative with her moves. And... Um, Chugs off the defender and whack and Wally. Wally with the reply. Wally is just so great off the dribble around that mid-range area and elbow extended. So you can't afford to keep her free there. Tiana had everyone up in the air, but she finds Willoughby now. Back to Panousis. Froling now in the short corner. She's got the mismatch with Wally. She shakes it loose, finds Willoughby needs to pull up and makes it nice and easy. I like that. And this is just the Flames playing the inside-outside game and just showing the ball around a nice two points there from Willoughby just inside the three-point line. Mismatch underneath Mungakar here was forced to try and uh, guard George, but Gorge just kisses it off the glass instead. So now Mungakar here waiting now for the horn set. She's found Rowe on the screen. Great look inside. This is Rowe now with the layup over Nelson Adota. Beautifully executed play by the Sydney Flames. Wally now finds George on the three-point line. She takes on Froling. Can't get the right hand on the left-hand side to go. Instead, it's Nelson Adota showing us how it's done. 
here. Just a bit, just the height there. She just was able to just out jump there and get the rebound. Did nice finishes. She's got great length, Nelson Adota, and we saw Mangaka here with that pass again. But I think that time she should have shot it herself. Open. She got the two feet in the paint and uh, went for the creative option and uh, the turnover ultimately. George with the fadeaway, but this time with an air ball instead. Olive strips Mungakar here. She draws a foul on Rowe. Wow, she really had that quick change of pace after that still, Rachel. Very impressive from Taylor Ortlet. She does, and I think it's like her, the fast switch vibes there, but you know, she's played some, some AFLW. And we've seen, really seen with some of these dual athletes. The, the development in their, you know, their fundamental, their fine motor skills and their, their change of speed. So um, it really is paying dividends at both ends of the floor in basketball's game right now. And for basketball, you know, apparently being a non-contact sport and going from AFLW, which is all contact, um, I think uh, another great transferable skill is just being able to play while taking that contact because that's something I feel like as basketballers we always need to be conscious of. Yeah, you can absorb the contact better, right? And then you'll be able to get to the, get when you're going to the hoop and you get get a bump there as she finishes both free throws there and uh, it's back out to an 11-point game here. 33 points to 22 with six minutes to play in the second quarter. Willoughby, Shervin is back on the floor now. Oh, Willoughby was looking for Shervin, but that is a little bit too long, perhaps a little bit of a miscommunication between the two. Let's yeah, just a bit of a disconnect there, but uh, Willoughby had eyes for the diving Shervin, but she just wasn't watching. It's, uh, you know, the old post-to-post -post game that you've got to keep make sure that your post buddy is looking for the ball. Wallace, great patience, finds George. Back to Wallace. Great battle inside between Shervin and Nelson Adota, but a foul is called again on Shervin. Wow. Now, Shervin's really uh, busting a tail to make sure she fronts Nelson Adota in the low block, but uh, this time it looks like it's a, been called a pushing foul. I'm a bit confused by that because she's just fighting around and she just gets caught on the high side. Now, I don't know that that particular possession had any, that foul, as the official has called it, had any impact on the play. I just think that um, just two big gals fighting it out down low. I think that's a really good point, Rachel. I don't think, it, yeah, how much it affected the actual play is a, a really important thing to, I think, look at. And I get it. You've got to call it if it's there, but hmm, yeah, I'm not sure. Play on. Play on in that situation. Play on. Play on. Now Willoughby. Seven on the shot clock. Panusas fires for three. That is just short. Looks like Tiff Mitchell now has the O-boards. Parting of the Red Seas. But she ends up passing it to Wally. I don't think Wally was ready. Finds George. She's short this time. Tiff Mitchell with a big O-board and draws the foul from Panusas. Little bit scrappy there from the Boomers, but they managed to get a positive outcome in the end. Yeah, I think they just got, you know, they're all focused on trying to win possession. And I think they're the, you know, Mitchell is athletic and gets the rebound, kicks it out to George. And I think that, you know, these, as we spoke about at the top of the game, the attention to detail things that they need to take care of their own business. And I think that against some other top four teams are where they maybe have stronger matchups across the floor. That I think that they're the ones that they need to, their shots they need to make the first time and they just need to, you know, make other teams pay. They, these, these opportunities may not be Make available. them pay, she says. Make them pay. Make them pay. Make but them pay. You need to finish those opportunities against other opponents. 
And Tiff Mitchell goes two from two from the free throw line. Here comes Panusa. She shakes off Ortlip. She goes with her left. Oh, and that is just short. But Froling is there to clean up the scraps. Very much needed. Oboard on the short corner. She draws a foul on Nelson Adota. Really tough move from Froling. That great catch and rip across Nelson Adota's hands and right in front of the ref. I don't think the ref had a choice but to call a foul. No, but I think that's what you've got to do against a taller opponent is, is square them up and uh, go one-on-one and uh, rip through and uh, Adota, Nelson Adota will take a seat now. That's her second foul and Davidson's checked back in here. Panousis, she's looking for some options. She takes on Ortlip. Keely Froley manages to keep it in. Oh, Willoughby loses the handle. Here comes Tiff Mitchell sprinting, and she's blocked by Emma Clark instead. I think Tiff Mitchell was perhaps either a little bit out of control or perhaps trying to make that a bit more complicated than it needed, so Emma Clark was just putting an end to that. Absolutely. Mitchell now. Ortlip, guarded by Clark, finds Mitchell now at the top. She takes on Willoughby with the right. Great step through and manages to finish. I have no idea scientifically how she managed to get I, through that gap, but she found a way. I don't know, but she did. And it's... We've got here 19 seconds on the shot clock for the Flames with the sideline inbound. Shervin, Willoughby, almost another steal for Tiff Mitchell. Panousis looking for Shervin on that pick and roll, but it's well guarded. Rolling from the free throw line. That's long. Bodies flying everywhere. Who have we got the foul on? This time it's going to be on number 12, Panina Davidson. Yeah, I find that just a bit like up and down in the calls though because there's some really physical, you said bodies flying everywhere, calls, and then there's been some calls down the other end of the floor that's probably been a little, little light on, but... It is, it is what it is. It is what it is. You can never pick it. You just got to play, play to the whistle as the cliche goes. Willoughby, she takes a look at the three but decides to put it on the floor. Goes to the three instead and that swish over the hand of Davidson. Much needed three-pointer for the Sydney Flames. Wallace now finds Ortlep straight into George in the short corner. Kicks it over to Mitchell. Can she reply? No, she cannot. But there's George with the O-board. She just backs everyone into the middle and has a go herself. She really does, and that's just what makes her such a great player is that she's able just to get possession back and take control. I think George did a really good job there of recognising she had a, uh, pretty, was pretty well mismatched under the basket. As we've got a timeout here on the floor in favour of the Flames. We've got three minutes, 36 here to play in the second quarter. Flames 25, Boomers 37. Yeah, I think this, one, this time out here is just a bit of a steadying timeout, just to, you know, remind the, the Flames girls here just to hang in there and they can um, maybe just get through some some offensive plays here just to, you know, it's a 12-point it's a lead. They won't want this to get any further out, farther than, further than 12 points heading into the halftime break, but also just to, you know, have a look at how they can maybe defend the Boomers better and um, not let them get on a bit of a run. Yeah, because three and a half minutes is plenty of time to chip away at a 12th. Like, to, to, you could potentially even it up 
in three and a half minutes. Maybe yeah. I'm being a little bit optimistic. What would you think? Do you think three and a half minutes is a fair enough time to even it up or at least get within, what, five? I think maybe definitely under sing- back into single digits. Single digits. That's a perfect way to put it. I think I was trying to be a bit too specific, but getting it back you're to single optimist, digits. But I think, I think you're right. They, they can get back into single digits and, you know, put themselves in a good position heading into the halftime break and, uh, you know, halftime's a great chance they can kind of reset and um, redraw up the game plan. But um, certainly here, you know, you've got the experience like Kayla George who's on the free throw uh, line at the moment that, you know, she can t- you can certainly sway a game either way and, uh, you know, really lock down on defence here. Now, Kayla George up the line, she played the full 50 minutes against the Townsville Fire last game in that double overtime Uh dramatic, you know, top-of-the-table clash that was. Um, but she's still also leading everyone in minutes this game, but shows no sign of falter. But she goes zero from two from the free-throw line. Here come the Flames. Clark looking straight into Shervin. She takes on Davidson. Nice counter. She draws a foul. Oh, oh, oh. It's getting a little bit testy here under the basket. Uh, I think there were some glances exchanged between Shervin and Wallace. I think so too. I don't think Wally agreed with the call there, but um, it, was a, it was a strong move there from Shervin and she took the up to the rack and she's earned herself free throw line, a trip to the free throw line, sorry, as Kayla George and um, Ortlip take a rest as some substitutions. And Shervin misses the first. Here we see Lou Brown back on the court for the first time for the Melbourne Boomers. And zero from two for Shervin from the free throw line. Long pass from Wally. She just gets it out of there. Mitchell, a little bit too quick for her own handles, I think, and that bounces off her foot. So it's coming back to the Flames ball. Still 12 points. Despite having four free throws, we're still at, in, since the timeout, we're still at 12 point margin. Yeah. Mangakar here, here. She finds Froling, Froling taking on Brown. She goes with the left and she rolls it in with heavy defense. Keely Froling now went back to 10. Much needed stop here for the Sydney Flames to get back into the single digits as we're talking about, Rachel. But all the time is definitely on the boomer's side here. Wally skips it over to Tiff Mitchell for three. And that's short. Murray tried to get in there. That's Froling taps it to Willoughby. Here comes Mungakar here on the fly. She blocks off Wally. Wally was straight up and no foul called. Mm, interesting. <laughs> I'll, I'll let, my, let my, my silence be. Uh, I'm not too sure about that one there. It was a, you know, it was a good one-on-one contest, but um, as Mitchell rattles oh, another one, another two shoot, points home. Shooters roll kind of silence the, silences the excitement we had here. Now it's back to 12. Just over two minutes to play in the second. Froling from the short corner takes on Davidson with the reverse. Davidson says, no, thank you. Froling manages to find a way back to the ball and it looks like a foul is going to be called on Mia Murray. Boomer's just asking for a quick explanation. So there's going to be baseline ball for the Sydney Flames. As you see, Maddie Allen checking in for the first time, giving Jocelyn Willoughby a quick spell before we head into the half. Yeah, Willoughby's battled hard these couple of minutes here. And 
Oh, and another foul called here on Mia Murray on the rebound. And it looks like Maddie Allen's going to go straight to the free throw line for two shots. Not a bad sub. Not a bad <laughs> sub at all. I mean, I'm just watching Mia Murray here. I think she's a bit confused as to what the, uh, the call was for, but she just put her hand up anyway. But yeah, Allen misses the first. Allen herself being a sharpshooter, I'm sure she'll make this second. And she makes it with ease. Under two minutes, still that 11-point margin reach. Still plenty of time to try and get this back down to single digits. As Wallace shakes off Mungakar here on that Davidson screen. She finds Blue Brown on the weak side. Looking into Davidson. She goes with her right, takes on Clark. Clark is too good and too long. Rolling with the rebound now, Mungaka here. She pushes it. Ah, but it's picked Ooh. off by Davidson. Looks like there's a little bit of bodies on the floor there too. Tiff Mitchell, she with the pull-up J from the elbow. And the referees thankfully just calling for a little bit of floor wiping. As we saw in the last round, the Boomers and the Towns and Townsville. Understandably, Townsville, the climate's a lot more humid up there. But, mate, was there some condensation on that court? <laughs> the floor wipers were certainly kept busy in that game, but... Look, I think the Flames just need to just really look after the ball here these last few possessions. That was uh, that last um, possession they had in the transition in the full court. There might have been some other passes that might have been perhaps a better option, but um, they'll get the ball from the opposite end as rolling inbounds the ball and perhaps, full court pressure. Perhaps a good teaching point as well for the Flames that while they're desperate to chip away at the lead, they still need to make sure that they're keeping a cool head and making some sound decisions in the stretch. Yeah, definitely. Miss Shervin, nice handoff back to Mungakar here. It's getting a little bit tangled here under the basket. Rolling, nice drive. She finds her way to the middle, gets the O-board back. Manages to go herself on the left instead. Targeting Murray, who perhaps couldn't afford to foul, given she's just had the last two. And it looks like another timeout has been called here by the Melbourne Boomers. Yeah, Chris Lucas perhaps maybe not happy with that, but uh, Keely Fong did a really good job of just getting that, collecting that board. And ra rather than pitching the ball back out, she was right under the bucket and just back down there, Murray, and got the two points. So it's 58 seconds left to play with a timeout, but it's still an 11-point lead here. So I think... You know, as you said, control your controllables. And Chris Lucas will just want to make sure that his team here doesn't want to concede any more points uh, going into halftime. Whereas I'm sure the Flames here will be talking about how to get a stop, but also how to keep that scoreboard pressure. And now we're coming into 58 seconds to play. Like, you know, plenty of offense to be played by both sides. 11-point deficit. But we were talking earlier, Rachel, about how we are getting to the pointy end of the season. The boom is very likely to secure a top four spot for the finals. Is this particularly a situation of this game where you can try some stuff out in preparation for finals? Try like a different inbound, try a different set. Yeah, absolutely. I think they'll be, they are, first and foremost, they need to make sure they're taking care of business today. But of course, they're going to be looking forward to, you know, seeing what things they can kind of tinker with. As we said, they've also got to add Leilani Mitchell into this group. So they'll want to try things that are going to work, different combinations, different plays, getting different minutes. And, of course, things like fouls and, um, you know, managing load is, is a big thing, a contributing factor in these games. But also you want to be working on your combinations so that game one of finals, 
you want to be in your peak, your peak conditioners. Tiff Mitchell there is fouled heavily by McClark and now, just the length and the speed that Tiff Mitchell had on that drive, like she was in the matrix almost. The way that she positioned her body, there was no way out of that other than committing a, Clark for foul, uh, a foul for Clark, I should say. Yeah, I think so too, but I think it's the way she uses her body. It's borderline, I'm not going to say an extension of the armbar, but I think it's the way that she you know, absorbs the defense by using that armbar that she gets away with it not being a, an offensive foul and, and, a, and a push off. So Rowe with the rebound, Mangaka here, here, getting the Flames organised in this last 40 seconds of the second quarter. Still that 12-point buffer that we just can't seem to shake for the Flames. Great switching defence here from the Melbourne Boomers, forcing it into single digits. Mangaka here finds Foley, but she couldn't get it to go. George at the top, Wally now. This time, she it's her turn to call for a bit of organisation. Mitchell, she takes on Rowe, tries to cross his great defence from Kira Rowe. George now in the short corner. She's only got two to shoot with the classic fadeaway, just rims out. Great hustle there from the Flames. Oh, it looks like there was a foul call in the dying seconds of this second quarter on the, on like the rebound. I think Emma Clark perhaps drew a foul, but was it on Lou Brown, you think? Yeah, but I think the Beamers are all like, come on. <laughs> and um, the, the referee. three referees are just having a quick discussion. And they've waved it away. Controversially, it looks like there was still game time to play, but now the foul caught by a referee on the baseline uh, has now been waved away. And it looks like we're going to be heading into halftime with the coach and the referee having a bit of a chat about it. I don't know that I've ever seen that, that they've, the referees called a foul and they've come together and then they've overturned that foul. And I mean, would, yeah. what, would, what would have happened then is it would have been two shots then for the, for the Sydney Flames. And we've got um, crew chief Richard Bai is here talking to coach Shelley Gorman just to let her know what's up. But uh, stranger things have happened, hey? No, you're right. That would have been two shots for Emma Clark, who's a great shooter, and that could have potentially put the Sydney Flames within 10. However, we have reached halftime here of the Signet WNBL, Sydney Flames versus Melbourne Boomers at the Key Centre in Sydney Olympic Park. We are going to take a quick break over this halftime period, and we'll come back to you with some stats. But in the meantime, what we're going to do is we're going to play some uh, highlights from our podcast, Shooting the Breeze. And uh, so make sure you stay tuned in, but we'll see you in the third half, the third quarter. Because that essentially, in my eyes, is the Opals culture that has set the standard and that I hope that other Opals teams would aspire to. Well, I think, I think you're right. I think it has. And, you know, I, I just put this a big congratulations to, and put it all on Tom Marr. He stepped in in uh, 90, oh, 94, 93 and just started from there, built the culture. I remember sitting down at the AIS and we had, I think we were a big a squad of 20 or something then. And there was, uh, you know, you've probably heard this story. I've told it a hundred times because it, it was really the birth of the Opals in my mind. You know, this is when Ron Barr was playing, Karen Dalton, Paddy Mickham, you know, some of the greats of the game, you know. And anyway, the, the squad was there and uh, and all the coaching staff and all the, 
not just the coaching staff, the docs, the meds, anyone who's involved in this program or going to be involved in the program in the lead up to the Olymp- the Oz 94 and the Olympics, they sat down in that room and, and we had a huge whiteboard and we said, right, who are we, you know? And we looked at all the teams around the world and we went through each of the teams and, and we wrote down the first thing that came to our mind. So this massive group of about 30 people in this room and so say we, we said America, we said arrogant, you know, aggressive, you know, all these things to describe what they meant to us. And so each team around the world that we, you know, the top eight teams or 10 teams all had just words, just words on the whiteboard. And then as a group, we sat down and um, we got divided up into little groups then. We sort of said, oh, what don't we want? You know, what what's a good thing we want to be like? Who don't we want to be like? This word here, we don't want to be, you know, arrogant. So we you know, crossed that word out. And anyway, and then all the groups came back together and we put the words on the board that we ended up with. And then we worked through all those words and came up with what it really meant was going to mean to us to be an opal. And um, from that came our seven themes. And at every training session that we got together during that WNBL season or whenever we had our camps, we were always tested on what it meant to be an Opal. What are those seven themes? And and you can ask anyone, anyone involved in any of Tomar's programs and they'll be able to rattle off the seven themes of what it means to, or what it takes to be an Opal. And I mean, I can rattle them off now. You know, P is a physical team. We need to be in physically great shape. We need to be able to handle adversity We need to have a defensive mindset. We need to be a we team. We need to be um, assertive. Um, We need to be relentlessly persistent and we need to be flexible. And that means that we can run any play, any position on the court. So our bigs need to be able to shoot the three and our littles need to be able to post, you know, players up and defend big players in the block. So they were our themes and, and I think the relentless persistence and as time went on, the new coaches came in and they, they tweaked it to what their philosophy was and, and I'm not sure where we are at today with what themes are left, but Tom Maher and and that, you know, early days sort of created what it was meant to be and what style of game, like obviously defensively orientated was one of our themes. So we were going to be great defenders, which came easy to us because we were always great defenders because we weren't great off- offensive players. So, we, <laughs> you know, like, so for many years, like when I first made the team in 88 or 86, defensively we were super and we were small, but offensively, we struggled a little bit. So defense was kind of a, a no-brainer. We had to make sure that we were one of the best defensive teams in the world. And I think with Tom, um, when he took over, we definitely were. We continued that pattern, and defense was a major focus. Sorry, so there you go. Did I put you to sleep? No, no. Absolutely this is not. great. And I know when we spoke with uh, Kayla George, uh, in one of our earlier episodes, one of the things that she was saying that she really missed because of all the COVID protocols and the hub season is for two years, they haven't been able to engage with the fans, which means that's become ingrained in the Melbourne Boomers culture. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, Kayla's one of the best at it. Um, <laughs> you know, God love her. It was great to see her last Saturday night. I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased for her. You know, I was there when we first brought her to the Boomers. And, you know, she, she's just an absolute ripper. She's a superstar of the game and a superstar of the fans. But, yeah, I mean, that that sums it up perfectly. It does. It becomes a part of who those players are. That They learn to not only appreciate the fans... But they certainly learn that the fans are a big part of the game, uh, and I and I love that because if you haven't got them, 
players don't want to play in front of empty stadiums. I mean, I know we've been through you know some troubled times, but it's been hard watching some WNBL games this past season. It's been really hard because mm. the players are stars. They want to play in front of full stadiums. It's been hard. Well, I mean, I'm not sure whether I should say something different to Jacinta, but it happens to be a sort of Lauren Jackson moment as well. I mean, I could pick two, but I'll, I'll go with this one because I think it might be more relatable to everyone. But I think it was honestly the moment that LJ got subbed off at the end um, of the bronze medal match because she just, in that moment... I almost felt everything that she'd given to the sport, everything that this tournament had meant for the sport and for the Opals, and also just everything it meant to me. Like it was just this sort of like very overwhelming uh, feeling about how grateful I was to her and the immense gratitude I just felt to all the players there in just inspiring lots of little girls but one little girl in particular so long ago and I suppose I thought I I have met her before but I suppose I never thought I'd be able to see her play live especially in the green and gold because I was too young back then Um, but I think being so close to the action like literally on the baseline and being there to see the expression on her face and to hear the crowd and to just sort of think about it. I mean, I started bawling. Like, <laughs> I started crying. And I just think that moment really sort of summed it all up for me. And I think, I mean, often you can just get caught up in sort of life and thinking, I don't know, things are all mundane and whatnot. And I think at that moment, and maybe perhaps I was taking it a little for granted throughout the 10 days of working there because I just got so used to seeing so many famous women athletes. And then in that moment, it just hit me. And I think I was just so eternally grateful to her. And it was just so, it was, I didn't think she could inspire me anymore, but she did in that moment. And I just thought, yeah, this is something I'm never, ever, ever going to forget. Shooting the Breeze can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and iHeartRadio. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast with all your friends. And we are back. Thank you again for joining us. We are live here from the Key Centre at Sydney Olympic Park here for the Signet WNBL game between the Sydney Flames and the Melbourne Boomers. If you're just tuning in, my name is Jacinta Govan. You can call me Squin if you like. And with me is a very special guest, someone who has uh, been part of my commentating journey since the very start. It is none other than Rach Herrick. And if you don't know her name, you need to learn it because she is a very seasoned 
basketball player, herself playing for as an Australian junior, WNBL champion, and just all-round good person, aren't you, Rach? Oh, thanks, Squinny. That's a little uncomfortable <laughs> sitting next to you. But no, I'm, you know, very grateful. We've been on this journey a lot together. So, um, no, great to be here and um, share this game with you this afternoon. And, um, you know, it's been a great game so far. And, um, you know, I think there's... You know, a game, you know, basketball games are made up of two halves, right? So, you know, I think the Flames, you know, they are down by 12 points, uh, but there is a lot of work that they can do, and I think that they're certainly not out of this by any means. I think we've seen the team play with a lot of belief um, over, the, over the course of the season, in particular the last, you know, three weeks or so. So I think that they'll, you know, come together, and I think adversity makes teams a lot stronger. So, you know, they're certainly not out of this, but I think the Boomers are... They're in for a, a, a good second half as well as they've got some things I want to work on. Now, let's go through some of these halftime stats. I've circled some things that have stood out for me, but I'm interested to hear what you that stands out for you first. Anything off the, straight off the top that uh, kind of stands out? Yeah, I think um, the story of the shooting percentage, uh, for sure, and turnovers. The Flames are shooting just... 29% um, um, at the moment and uh, a 7 of 24 and 11 turnovers so I think that possession game tells a lot um, right there whereas um, at the other end of the floor the Boomers are shooting at 45% they're 9 of um, 9 of 20 so look I think that there's um, a lot to be done there and I think that you know I think their shot selection I think is, is a hard one because um, also for the Flames I mean that is that they're coming into the paint against some lot taller players so I think at times um, that can be a bit of a distractor but um, I think they've got a lot of improvement to make for sure. Yeah no I totally agree it's always interesting when a team is shooting with such a low shooting percentage is it shot selection versus the defense that they're coming up against and we could say a little bit of both but I feel like there have definitely been times where their shot selection has been a couple of prayers when the shot clock's running out. But here we are. We are wide. We have started the second half. Nelson Adodo was unsuccessful, but we hear Panusas. Oh, she was tempted for an early three ball. <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> they got nothing to lose, hey? This time, she's... Tiana, oh, she pulls up from the elbow. Oh, and it just rims out. But Kayla George there with a great defensive rebound instead. Mitchell and Willoughby battling out very early already. Tiff Mitchell goes for the right. She finds a way and over the head. She kisses it off the glass for Absolutely. two. And speaking of turnovers before Rachel, it was five apiece after the first quarter, but it is now stands as 11 and seven for the Flames and the Boomers respectively. So like you said, definitely an issue. We see some bodies getting heavy tangled contact. up. Very heavy contact. Foul called here on Christy Wallace. Good thing to that it's only Wally's second. There have been times where she has been caught up in early foul trouble throughout the WNBL season, but just her second. Yeah, just running through some fouls. I mean, a lot of players are sitting on two fouls and Hannah Shervin's on three, but just as far as foul trouble goes, we've also got uh, Panousis on two and Manka Kahia on two for the Flames. Um, and for the Boomers... Um, We've got Murray, Davidson, and Nelson Adoda, and Tiff Mitchell all on two personal fouls. So uh, two's the number of the day. Yeah, and a shot clock down to four. Tiana tries to find a way. Froling with a nice O-board. She finds Panousas this time for three, and that's short. Another rebound for George. 
Every rebound, Kayla George is climbing further up that all-time leading rebounder ladder as well for the WBL. Mismatch here, George Amungaka here. George settles for the jump shot. Looks like it was tipped out by Mia Murray instead. So we're going to go Flames ball in the backcourt. This time, Panousis taking on the point guard duties. Slotting Mungaka here to the two. She finds Mungaka here to the top. She settles for a three, Why and not? it's good! Why not? Huge three-pointer from Mungaka here. Tiff Mitchell, she's shaking and baking down the other end. Can't get the transition bucket. Somehow, Nelson Adoni gets a one-handed rebound. And a jump ball is called. I think Nelson Adota was expecting a foul instead. Keely Froling just maintained one hand on the ball. And she's somehow managed to win possession back for her team just by keeping a, a fingernail on the ball. And she's won possession back. And it's an 11-point game screen. And, look, I think that the Flames, their energy is high at the moment. And um, they're playing, oh, with a lot of intent. Oh, nice little step back bank from Mangaka here. Little few more of them. Now we're back into single digits rates. The Flames within nine. I'm flagging this here. That this matchup this afternoon between Christy Wallace and Tiana Mangaka here is not done yet. Great defense from Rowe, but it's a, a Nelson Adota instead with the splash just from the sh inside the short corner. Mangaka here going at Wally again. Takes the bump and draws the foul. That will this time be Wally's third. Right on cue there, Rachel, as you were mentioning this potential Opals matchup. I like it. I like that the matchup is heating up and they're going, you know, toe for toe at the moment. And it's a very physical battle, I think. We're sat courtside here, so we're getting very, very up close and, you know, looking at this, this battle here. And, uh, you know, it's... Um, I'm here for it. <laughs> and they're both they're both very tough players as well. But at both ends of the court, but they can both um, how shall I put it? They can both sometimes let their emotions get the better of them and in these particular situations where they're going head to head with someone. So the winner of this battle I feel like is whoever can keep their cool the longest. I agree. And also out of foul trouble. <laughs> out of foul trouble as well, yeah, because they're both kind of dancing with the foul trouble as well. He's Mitchell off a handoff, crosses. Finds me and Murray at the top. Down to eight seconds. Tough defense from Willoughby, but Murray ends up finding a way to score instead. And now we're back to a 12-point game. Yeah, I think she might have just copped a bit of a knock to the hip there as well as Murray comes off a bit ginger, but she found a way to make the two counters. Willoughby hard Ooh. to the rack. Great extra pass, row to Panousis, and she Woo! makes this three, bringing it back to nine points with the Flames. Great team ball from the Sydney Flames there. Wally finds Mia under the basket. Murray ends up finding Nelson Adota, and a foul is called. Just as quickly as the, of the Flames bury a three on that great ball movement, the Boomers have a reply under the basket. Yeah, they, the Boomers just make it look quite effortless, don't they? They're just able to... You know, penetrate, and I think that's uh, you know the experience of this Boomers group that they just know where they, you know, at any given time that they're, um, you know, someone drives, someone's stepping in, and I think that's just the the great team basketball that they play. They just get on with it. You know what? If they had a team slogan, it would be Melbourne Boomers. We just get on with it. They just get on. Just with get it. on with it. Nelson and Dota, one from two from the free throw line. Rolling there with the rebounds, and here's Panousis. Rolling. Mangaka here at the top. She likes to look at this three. Oh, it's short. 
Another rebound for Kayla George. Mitchell now in transition. She's looking for an option. Goes through George. George now to Ortlip. Ortlip has a look at the three, but doesn't take it. She had time to have a little grin on her face at that, but doesn't choose that option. She did, didn't she? Great fight, Nelson Adota. And I think a foul is called. Really nice read from Tiff Mitchell exploiting that mismatch between Nelson Adota and Mangaka here. I think we could see Tiana Mangaka here just asking to look for the three seconds in the key. Yeah, Adota does a really good job of, um, of, of posting up, if you like, there. But as you said, there's Sydney Flames because, you know, they're a little undersized in the big department that, you know, they're really having to double down and you know, lock down the D there. So in that case... Oh, and the alley-oop. Oh, it's just short. What a great look from the Boomers. Back cut alley-oop. And then Mitchell, you can just dunk it next time. And oh. underneath her, Tiana. Oh, a little bit of uh, loose hands from the Flames. Unlucky not to get a shot there. This time, Panusa, she looks for Froling. Deflected. Finds a way back to Froling. Can't get it from the short corner. And another rebound for George. I reckon she's probably got at least five this quarter. I'd really like to see Panisa's, um shoot the ball. Yeah, <laughs> she's, me too. She's, I mean, oversharing's great, but I think she just needs to be a little bit more selfish. Good child underneath. that short. The Boomers are doing a great job of getting those shots on the weak side cut straight under the basket. We've seen that quite a few times now. Yeah, they really are. Panusas, she's looking near this time. She manages to connect with Froling. And the M1 play, Keely Froling. That's another foul there on Kayla George. And she's thought, maybe just asking the question is what actually happened there, referee. But I think the, the hands just did drop just a little bit there. And that's only Kayla George's first foul. And, you know, I think in this matchup here, she's just all, like, she's been able just to stand up nice and tall this afternoon. That's been enough to worry some, some of the players out of the, out of the points as Froling not able to make it a three-point play here this afternoon. But it's back to an eight-point lead here with five minutes to play in the third quarter. Mitchell. Goes herself. That's no good. Froling this time again with a rebound. Panusis now. I'm going to say that she's calling shakes. It looks like it's shakes because she's shaking the hand when she's calling this one. It's a good reason to think that. <laughs> this time she pulls up. But it's short. Rowe just out, outdone under the basket with George with another rebound. She tries to find good child. It's pickpocketed by Mangaka here. Oh, she was tempted to take that trans three. Instead, row under Ooh. the basket. What a beautiful assist. Mungakar here. We've got a timeout here in the third. Melbourne Boomers. Here come the Sydney Flames, Rachel. Yeah, and we called it. There was, it wasn't 9 night at half time. There is Mungakar here literally picked the pocket of Goodchild here. She just wasn't watching. And, uh, you know, good things happen when they're playing good heads-up basketball. And I'm really feeling a bit of momentum shift here. This is the real... You know, this is the brand of basketball the Sydney oh, Flames or Sydney Flames like to play <laughs> old school, um, where they just like to be able to get up and in and uh, play some transition and and uh, get some cheap baskets because they know that they need. This is the way that they're going to overcome the boomers this afternoon. They need to play up and down basketball. If they they just they may not get over the line playing in the half court and match up and, and playing that way. So I think that if they're able to get out and um, get to receiver spots, and in that case, Rowe was able to just 
right, waiting for that pass right under the bucket. No, I think you're exactly right. Considering the fatigue of the Boomers, the style of play of the Flames, the Flames really need to push them and get some more scores in transition or start to draw the foul in transition as well. It's the half-court game. They don't want to get bogged down in given the height advantage of the Boomers, but especially on that last play there where George was trying to find Goodchild on the transition... Goodchild was far too narrow. She needs to make sure she runs this spread of the court, shoelaces on the sideline, as they say, because then Mungakar here didn't wouldn't have that room. No, absolutely. To pick just her pocket there. It's just those little things. One percenters. Hopefully, we've got some aspiring players listening to take that as a teaching point. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Here's Ortlep. Mitchell back to Ortlep. Baseline run there from Goodchild as we've seen a little bit. She pulls up for the three. Oh, she makes that look easy. Nice pick and roll action with Nelson Adoda. That's why she was sign rage because she can bury threes. But Mungakar here with the reply. No good. It's Tiff Mitchell with a tough rebound instead. She's looking to run. She's trying to find someone. She finds George and she gets the nice reverse transition bucket. Froling just getting a little bit caught up here, I think, amongst some of the defense. And uh, Boomer's able to steady the ship here again, and it's back out to an 11-point buffer, 54 points to 43 with three and a half minutes left to play. That's right. Mangakar here takes on Goodchild with the left. She looks for a fake. Rowie manages to find the scraps, but just cannot connect with throwing. Oh, yes. it looks like it was tipped out, actually. A little frustrating there for the, for the Flames as uh, the crew chief and um, referee Michael Beavers were just... Oh, and that looks they like they changed the, their mind again. Yeah, the call has been changed. It is, uh, in fact, going to be Melbourne ball. Twice this afternoon, they've had a little powwow and uh, overturned the call, which is remarkable, really. Yeah, that doesn't happen a lot, does it? No, but uh, hey, all in the name of getting the right call. That's right. So now we see Penina Davidson conveniently there as she subbed in to inbound the ball, giving Nelson a Dota a spell. Balls now with Mitchell. Back to Goodchild. Looking for that back screen. Shot clock down to eight. She finds Ortlip with a catch and shoot just inside the three, but that's no good. Great hands by Maddie Allen. Forces it off Davidson to give Flames the possession. And the ball's run away and it's forced Julian O'Brien. The media, media manager of Hoops Capital had to go for a bit of a jog and secure the ball instead. Yeah, looking to try and just dry the ball off as uh, they've now borrowed a ball from the bench. It's a ooh, towel, ooh, sorry. A towel. A towel, sorry. I was going to say, we're going to have a, no, a, no, a ball change half. No, you know, it was a towel just to dry oh. the ball off. The condensation. Going to say controversial. Are we allowed to have ball changes this late in the game? We are not. I don't believe so, but no. Be a big factor in the game. Looks like the Flames are perhaps going to take this opportunity to sub in. Yeah, Willoughby. Jocelyn Willoughby from Maddie Allen. Let's see if Jocelyn Willoughby can start getting a bit fired up in this quarter as well. Panousis. Sticking with the PG duties. Oh, blocking foul called on Ortlep. Great defense, though, in the backcourt as well. Yeah, a bit of full court pressure here for the Melbourne Boomers. She's been such a great addition to this Boomers team. Really, yeah. really good. It's like she's, uh, between Goodchild and Ortlep, they've slotted in really well like they were always part of the team from the start. 
I agree. Willoughby finds Froling on the left, and a great finish by Froling over the hands of Goodchild. And here comes Ortlep, doing a great job getting the ball over the half, making sure the Boomers have plenty of time to set up their half-court offense. Mitchell, double screen. Oh, she puts Roe on her backside, and a very easy two for Mitchell. Yeah, and just caught Roe off, off her feet there with her nice handy moves. And uh, blows by her, and um, it helps herself to an easy two points. Surely that's got to be on the highlight reel. Or a low light. Or a low light, depending on what, <laughs> what perspective you look at it. We'll, we'll take that as an appreciation of the moves from Mitchell. Exactly. Willoughby, she goes to the right. She takes on Davison, goes to pitch it out, but there's no one there to catch. I don't think there was anyone there in the corner there for the Sydney Flames for that deep catch. So the boomer's got a hand to it, and it's going to stay with the Flames. Flames will inbound it here. Froling. She goes underneath. Oh, George attempts with the block, but is called for the foul instead. Yeah, a little, un a little unlucky. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, it was a great, great look from Froling on the fly to look at that reverse. But I think uh, it's a little bit too... Um, well, they say telegraph because George knew George was just there right, in the she right just time. Knew right it was place. coming. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she was going baseline, and uh, the only option was a reverse or a pass. So yeah. So Froling has got two shots coming up. After looks like the ball needs a little bit of attention again. And she manages to rattle in that first one. Great crowd here as well at the key centre. And the second. I must say, I was going to make a comment on that. They're, 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 I wouldn't know my numbers, but there is a decent-sized crowd here. Also, lots of young female aspiring athletes watching this game too. Good child, no good with the pull-up J. There's Froling to Panousis. Straight away to Mungakar here on Tran. She manages to hold on to it despite finding the floor. Ends up with George. Now this time Tiff Mitchell on transition. She finds Goodchild. Nice dump into Davidson. Fends it off and completes the bucket. Very classy uh, move there by Davidson. Great patience in a very high energy situation. I'm watching the debrief of the last possession now. I know we don't have video footage here for the listeners but on the play down the other end of the floor when Nungi Kia took it hard to the rack. Now, there had to be contact of some description. It went unwhistled. And then Kayla George is in the background showing the referee her arm and just saying, call anything. Yeah, like, just, call just something, something. Something, please. I have the evidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sideline inbound here for the Sydney Flames. 155 to play in the third. 47 of 58 in favour of the Boomers. Eight seconds on the shot clock. Mangaka here finds the floor again. Willoughby goes on the left. Oh, Ooh, she draws the foul but cannot make the bucket. 
I feel like that call might have just been a redemption one of some description. But it was it was a really good take there from Willoughby. And we spoke at the top that, you know, she has the potential to really stamp her authority on this game. And I really think that at the moment that she's, you know, at, when the time comes and when her team needs her, she just senses that and, you know, takes this possession hard to the rack. Oh, very nicely. Makes the first... Willoughby again lining up for her second. Dead silent here in the key centre. Misses it. <laughs> Misses the second. Flames find themselves back with possession. It's a 10-point ball game as we're hitting into the end of this third quarter. Five seconds on the shot clock. Deflected by Ortlep. Picked up by Davidson. And now Ortlep is calling for a little bit of patience here for the Boomers in this half-court possession. There's pickpocket again. Mungakar here. Oh, she wants to go back-to-back, but Ortlep is there instead for the steal. Goodchild, she penetrates, dishes to Davidson. Back now to Goodchild in this deep corner. Ortlep now at the top, calling for the pick-and-roll from George. She's stuck. We've got 10 seconds here in the shot clock for the Melbourne Boomers. Goodchild finds George. Great tap to Davidson for an unlikely three. That's just long. Panousis. There's a big ball there from Panousis. But it's just sometimes I think, you know, Mungaka here, like, she's a very crafty player. Sometimes she just needs to hold the ball and actually... She just needs to shoot. Go herself. Go herself. And I love the craftiness and the behind the back pass, but sometimes you just don't know what is coming behind the back. Yeah. So um, in that position, you know, that situation, she's probably better just to hold the ball and... Perhaps the shot, draw yeah, the contact. Yeah, perhaps go herself, either get a layup or a foul. Ortlip. Oh, it looks to penetrate left, but chooses to dishes to Mitchell. She pulls up in the middle. That's long, frolling there with a defensive rebound. Mungakar here checks the shot clock because there's probably a three-second differentiation or two-and-a-half, three-second difference between shot and game clock. Crowd really getting it into here for this last possession. Willoughby, she goes to look left. She's met by Ortlep. Finds Mangaka here. Guarded by Tiff Mitchell. And an offensive foul has been called on that screen by Keely Froling. Yeah, I think the Flames just there when Willoughby went to penetrate. She just didn't really have many options. As, uh, everyone was a bit stagnant. So um, in the end, they had to just kind of try and manufacture a bit of a... A play there and um, was a bit unsuccessful. Two seconds, one second. Mitchell goes herself, finds a way, and it's short. She's disappointed with herself. However, I was very impressed that she managed to get a shot off with that small amount of time under tough defense. And here we are, three-quarter time in the Signet WNBL. We have the Sydney Flames versus the Melbourne Boomers. 48 to 58 in favor of the Boomers. I still don't feel like either team is 100% comfortable in this game yet, Rachel. No, about three quarters. No, you're right. And I think the Flames have just been hovering around this 10 to 13 point deficit. And it is just 10 points with um, one quarter to play, 48 points to 58. If you're the Boomers, you're happy that you've kept the Flames to 48 points at three quarter time. If you're the Flames, you're kind of happy that you've also kept, despite the points, the, the 10 point differential, you're kind of happy that, you know, a team with the 
offensive you know, scoring power of the Boomers that you've kept them to... I mean, 60 points is what you're kind of aiming for a full-time score, but you're, you're in touch. 10 points, you're in touch, and 58 points is, is fairly decent. But I think for the Flames that they're... This is what they need to kind of look at is, you know, how they can... They're definitely up their um, scoring or their scoreboard pressure, but they're also being able to put points on the board that quarter. But equally, I think they've got a bit more they can do as far as... We saw some glimpses of being able to get the ball through sets of hands and getting some really good looks. Um, but I think hopefully that will come in, you know, this quarter again. And speaking to... We had an opportunity to speak to Vanessa Panousis and Tiana Mungakar here earlier in the week. And they they truly believe that a lot of the good things for the Sydney Flames is anchored from their half-court defence. So given that... Coming into this game, they have the advantage of points off turnovers. We've even seen in this game today as well how much of an advantage their transition game is to get them within single digits. I feel like this quarter for the Flames is all going to come down to their half-court defense. Uh, so I think, what, are you thinking, you know, if you were to coach Shelley Gorman in this situation, Rachel, are you thinking three stops in a row, three stops and run, do you switch up to a zone? Yeah, I think you've got, to, you've got to do something. And I think that, you know, the Boomers haven't really set the, the, the you know, the court on fire this afternoon um, from the three-point line. They have hit some threes. Um, but you've also got to look at how can they, yeah, pack down their defense so that the, the points in the paint are maybe reduced because, obviously, bearing in mind they're a little undersized in um, inside the keyway. So I think, you know, they definitely want to try and get some stops and maybe some consecutive stops um, just to really tr try and get a bit of run and get a bit of momentum and, um, you know, finish this game off strong. But the promising thing is they have upped their shooting percentage. The Flames are now shooting at 33%. And the Flames are hovering at, uh, sorry, the Boomers are at 44%. Um, and they had just the five turnovers in the quarter. Well, the turnovers still, though, uh, seem to be haunting the Flames. They're up to 16 with Mangaka here with six and just nine for the Boomers. And uh, the, the rebound count, though, Froling's on 14 and George is on 10. So Froling is leading all... Uh, rebounders here. She's someone who could perhaps one day get herself on the all-time rebounder board as well for the WNBL history books. Totally. I mean, impressively, the Flames are actually winning the rebound count 38 to 29 this afternoon. So, you know, they're kind of where their shooting percentage and their turnovers are a little high and a bit low there. They're actually, you know, winning other possession games and assists are quite even with 10 assists apiece. And they usually say that you dominate the rebound count and you dominate... Um possession in a game but even attempts are very very close I mean it's what 34 to Boomers and 33 to the Flames so it really is just coming down to makes and misses makes and misses and a few um, possessions of um, holding on to the basketball that's right yes Panousis tries to find Froling underneath another turnover for the Flames finds Wally in transition she's looking for help she'll pull up instead and makes an easy J Still gives a shout-out to Ortlep, who ran the floor for that corner, but that's Christy Wallace all day, bread and butter. And that's just a great decision. You back yourself there. Yeah, 100%. Froling finds herself wide Ooh. open. She was lucky to get that roll. Great assist from Mangakar here. Nice reply from the Flames. Understandably, probably looking to get a stop here. Wallace to Ortlep. Rowe doing a great job guarding Kayla George down low. George now in the short corner. She decides to go herself and nails what? it. Another classic Kayla George move from the short corner. Yeah, when you've got, you got someone on your little undersized, you're just going to 
to shoot over the top, really. He's got to put it up. Mangakar had everyone up in the air, and a blocking foul is called. Looks like it's going to be on Ortlip. Uh, looks like Ortlip's now on three as well. Yeah, I get the right, the, the right, there was the right intent there on that possession as Monkey here was, you know, dry, penetrating at the top and looking for Achille Felling who was, you know, sealing under the bucket but equally got charged with the foul. So that's why maybe just turn and shoot yeah. instead of trying to like force the pass. But um, good idea all the same. Yeah, I think in that situation, if you're looking for a pass and everyone's guarded, it means you're open. Great look, Rowie. Oh, Willoughby couldn't make that layup either. Great pass from Kira Rowe. Mitchell now finds George in transition. She slows it up, finds Mitchell again underneath. Well guarded by Kira Rowe, making a tough bucket, though, for Tiff Mitchell, another MVP candidate of this Signet WNBL season. She was one of my early favourites until injury perhaps got in the way. Now Mangakar here, she looks to penetrate. Mitchell puts her body on the line. We look like we've got a loose possession, but it comes up with the Boomers. Ortlip on the three in transition. She's confident and why not? Beautiful shooting from the Melbourne Boomers and Taylor Ortlip. Looks like there's a timeout going to be here called. It looks like only some of the players got the, got the memo that there's a timeout. Yeah, they're also just going to take this opportunity just to wipe the cord bit. It's Nox. not a timeout. There we go. It's actually not a timeout. That explains some of the player confusion. Perhaps it is just a case of condensation again. Yeah, totally. Just under eight minutes to play. The Boomers have got a bit of momentum here. Lead blown out to 18 here. 68 points to 50. So the Flames will just need to really lock down here these next couple of possessions, but uh, equally still look for their opportunities. Yeah, that six defender condensation is, seems to be plaguing everyone this round. Phanusis. Looking for Froling. Clark now has it. Also looking for Froling. She puts it on the floor. Just misses it. Another turnover for the Flames. Nice little read there from Nelson Adoda. Wallace now at the top. Getting caught up with George. George for the three. And nice. gets it to good. It's almost like she was waiting for Kiro to catch up with her, but just decided to shoot it anyway. There she was. Lead out to 21 points here. And that's kind of just literally happened in a matter of minutes. We're talking about it was a 10-point lead. But, you know, the, the Boomers have gone on, on effectively a 13-2 um, run here in the last two minutes here. So... Just, just goes to show a short amount of time can make a big difference. George slowing it down now for Boomers. Time is well and truly on their side. Ortlip Ortl goes again. Woo. Why not? She hit the last one from that from that uh, side. So nice transition D as well, getting a touch. Really making sure that the Flames aren't getting any looks at the basket in transition. The Sherburn is back on the court now, making giving Kira Rowe a break. Panusis at the top, finds Froling. Froling this time for three. That's short. Nice rebound there from Tiff Mitchell. Not really well guarded. Finds a split between the screen. Ends up getting a foot up in the air, but manages to hold on to the ball. George 
Wallace tend to tend to shoot here in the shot. Wallace finds her feet there at the mid-range and gets it to roll as well. Panus is now with Froling. Froling over to Willoughby. Still at the top here. Froling looking for it. Panusas takes on Ortlep with a step back. That's just long. George racking up another defensive rebound. You get a sense that the Flames just need to regroup here and uh, just to find, just to try and find a couple of shots here. Yeah, I feel like they're a little bit out of sync on the offensive end, perhaps. Nice defense from Clark. She manages to force Wallace to pop, to almost cough it up. Really great chase from Willoughby. Three seconds here on the shot clock for the Melbourne Boomers with a sideline out of bounds. Going to see substitutions come in. Mila Goodchild for Taylor Ortlip. How important is it now for the Flames to get a stop here, H? <laughs> Very. Um, yeah, they just want to, you know, they want to be mindful of the scoreboard here. and just. I don't think that the Boomers knew that. As the, that, that's the shot clock sounding in the background here. I don't think they realise that they only have three seconds to manufacture a shot there. Mm. But look, I think, you know, five minutes to, five minutes and 40 seconds left here to play. It's a 20-point lead. I think they just need to, you know, chip away each possession and just play the game out to its end. Here's Panousas. There we go. She finds the end of the net with a great three ball, making it just a 20-point deficit, 73 Melbourne Boomers, 53, the Sydney Flames. Wallace showing patience, finds Nelson Adoda. Great team defense here from the Flames, getting after the scraps. Panousas finds it. She's on the fly, finds Froling. Froling to go take on George in transition, and Shervin is there for the nice little easy rebound and putback. Two points at a time is all it will take. That's it. Nice defense there from Willoughby stopping that back cut from Mitchell. Looks like we've got a foul instead. Yeah, I think that, that would happen right in front of us. And I think that was literally just, just a, there was no ball action between Tiff Mitchell and Kayla George there. And just on the roll there, Willoughby had switched on to George and it was just a foul there. Oh, and another foul here. Is that if, on Shervin? This time on Shervin. Um, really, uh, she's, they've got her number today. They've really got her number yeah, today. I, I, if I'm Hannah Shervin, I'm feeling it might be a bit hard done by today. That the uh, oh, heavy, heavy, heavy um, blows here as well. Wallace given a couple of claps. I'm not too sure what the call is going to be here because there are a couple of bodies colliding on the floor. But it was a fifth foul for Hannah Shervin, so that was her on her foul as well. Frustrating, unfortunately, very fr understandably frustrating game for Shervin. Yeah. I mean, she really just came in, did her job well, but I suppose it was seen a different way. So yeah, yeah. That, unfortunately, that is her fifth foul, and I think she does look a bit emotional, and I, I, I get that. I feel, I feel for her. I think that there's probably three of her five fouls this afternoon. Like I'm. It, it could it, it could have gone unwhistled, and I don't know that there would have been any any difference to the game. I think that last call just there was literally there was just it was a screening action, and she just perhaps tripped over. Um, but that's the way the officials have seen it. It's a little unlucky for 
you know, the Flames really needed her this afternoon, and I just don't know that that's necessarily been as a, a direct result of her output this afternoon. Mm. But that's just the way that the game goes, and um, the it's, game goes on. But um, As you know yourself as a former player, it's very frustrating when you want to contribute as much as you possibly can for your team, and the, you're left with the false impression of, the, you know, you got fouled off, and that's not really the case for Hannah Shervin at all in, in, this, in this situation. Yeah, I don't think it's a direct result of her um, effort this afternoon. It's just a, at times um, interpretation of, of, um, of the rules and um, certainly in the position that she's been in. I don't think any of the fouls this afternoon have been unsportsmanlike in any way, or, um, but we play non-contact sports, so um, that's the way it is. So Roe will come back on here. There's four and a half minutes left to play. 55 points to 73 in the way of the Melbourne Boomers. George here in the high post. Showing patience. Mitchell, she turns the corner on Willoughby. Nice spin move. Finds it with the right-hand side and gets the roll. That's, that's a, just a tough finish. That's such a tough finish. It's a really nice touch, especially after a spin move when you don't exactly know where the basket is. Looks like Panousis' three-point attempt had a touch. Wally to George. George puts it up there for Nelson Adota to just say, hey, girl, you catch it, and finds herself wide open, and she makes another three. Everyone else was guarded except for the ball in that situation. So Willoughby, she explores on the right-hand side. Nice defense there from Mitchell. Rowe goes and finds herself on the left. Big block there by George. Wally manages to keep it in, but it's Froling who gets the scraps. Emma Clark wants that three, but it rims out instead. Yeah, a little unlucky there, but good possession play to win it, win it back. And uh, that's a good looking shot there for the Flames. Good child. She puts it on the floor. Nicely guarded by Panousis. She tries to find the rim. That rims out. A good stop there from the Flames. Now they're back up and running down the other end of the floor. And they, that's how they need to play. Just one possession at a time. Get a stop. Hopefully turn that into two points as Willoughby takes it hard to the rack and finds himself another two points. Plenty of time for Jocelyn Willoughby to turn, turn that on, I think, a little bit more. No, I agree. And, um, yeah, it's just the patience that she brings to the game and looking after the basketball. George finds Wallace. 10 seconds, 8 seconds now on the shot clock. Tiff Mitchell wide open for a 3 and beautifully finished there. Off that down screen. Panousis this time. Good defense from Boomers. Kira Rowe, great pass from the high post. Willoughby, I just, I don't think she was expecting herself to be that far open. I don't think so either. I think it has been the case a couple of times. Wallace from the corner. That's no good. Great rebound, Jocelyn Willoughby. Just under two and a half to play, and it looks like Tiff Mitchell got a little bit too uh, excited there trying to pick the pocket of Willoughby. Yeah, those two have been going at it a little this afternoon, and uh, Willoughby just coming up with the, the little win there. We're not quite in the bonus, so it'll be a Flames ball from out of bounds. We see plenty of subs here on the floor too. Jocelyn Willoughby is out. Keely Froling is out. And we see Maddie Allen and who subbed in? I think we'll have to find out because I don't think the other person who was coming off. No. Uh, unless Froling was just coming for the timeout. 
But we're on the boomers end, we'll see the likes of Ortlep, good child. I think Brewster's going to get her first minute of the game. We can also see Kayla George, I think, has been subbed off because she's holding on to her little pearly girl down at the end there. So I think that we can expect Kayla George to be taking a rest for the rest of the game. Uh, 2.26 to play, and the Sydney Flames are 57. The Melbourne Boomers are 81 here at the key centre for the Signet WNBL. What are you saying to the Flames in this situation with two and a half to play, Rach? Play it out. Play hard. Play it out. Look after the basketball. I think they've had a few, a few possessions where they've just maybe not looked after the ball, but as um, Bauer gets her first minutes as well for the Flames this afternoon, so... Um, you know, Coach Shelley Gorman clearing the bench here to give everybody a bit of a run. But look, I think they'll just say, you know, play out each possession, get a good shot, get a stop, and um, play some good D at the other end. Inbound here, Keely Froling. She finds Rowe. Rowe straight over to Clark. Maddie Allen attempting the back screen. She curls. Clark decides to go on her own. Step around Jay. That's short. Froling chases it down. And it's going to be Boomer's ball. Looks like we're going to see the full bench cleared here for the Sydney Flames with Rachel Manipar coming in for Keely Froling. Yeah, Keely Froling has put in a good effort this afternoon. I think she's had to um, battle above her, her size. Definitely had a work cut out to her today. Froling finishes the game with 15.16 rebounds. Three blocks. Oh, no, three yeah. blocks not received. So 15 and 16, though, a double-double for Keely Froling this game. Yeah, Brewster comes in and helps herself to three points as well. She's been sitting on that all game, right? She's one, She's been desperate to get that three ball up. She has. Maddie Allen with the reply. That's short. Great contest. Davidson now. She's busting out. Taking on the PG duties. Finds Brewster over to Ortlip. Lou Brown now playing in the post. Brewster again. Looking to explore. Nice look inside for Brown. She's taken on two tough defenders. Oh, and she manages to get a shot off. <laughs> she split the defenders, but uh, just with her torso and arms and um, got a shot up and there's a... She'll like, go to the free throw line to shoot two free throws. Just took that extra second to secure the ball and, like you said, just shake them off and then she managed to find herself wide open. Didn't have she to did. rush. And Lou Brown at the line, first points of the game, makes the first of two free throws. And the second, Kira Rowe to inbound. Maddie Allen now finds Indy Bowyer in the, in the front court. Clark. Taken on Brown, gets stripped by Davidson. Oh, she's not too keen on the PG duties this time, but here's Goodchild with a great little bucket. Nice patience in transition. Mila Goodchild. Yeah, certainly just used a little fake there, but it was able to craftily get to the bucket there as we're just under a minute to play here. Maddie Allen attempts with a uh, jump shot from the short corner, but gets blocked. Ortlep now is just calling for a little bit of patience in this last 40-plus seconds. Good child, finds Davidson. Davidson finds herself open. She goes but misses. Clark's deciding to go coast to coast. She scoops it to Indy. 
Indy Boya, bit hesitant to shoot that three ball. She'll drive instead, but that's stripped by Ortlip. We've got 20, ooh, two and a half second difference between shot clock and game clock, but the Boomers decide to slow it right down for this last possession. Ortlip finds good child. Brewster wanting it under the basket, and she gets it in the end. Goes to the shot from behind the backboard, but just misses. And the Flames just dribble this one out as <laughs> Clark. No, no good. Full time here, basketball fans. 57-87 in favour of the Melbourne Boomers. The Signet WNBL round 14 being the Indigenous round. Strong 30-point win for the Boomers. And it's been quite a road trip for the Boomers after their double OT loss to Townsville and then travelling down to Sydney, but managed to find a way with a big 30. That last quarter, 29 points to nine in favour of the Melbourne Boomers. So it really did just come down to that last quarter, which was um, perhaps a bit of a surprise considering the fatigue they were taking into this game. But some of the highlights on the stat sheet, Keely Froling with 15 points and 16 rebounds. We also had Tiana Mangaka here with 13 points, five rebounds, five assists. And for the Melbourne Boomers, Tiff Mitchell, 24 and five. Kayla George, 22 and 13. Christy Wallace, 11 and six assists. Taylor Ortlep as well, stepping up on the bench with 11 points and four steals to lead all players in steals this game. Rachel, we were hoping for something a little bit closer, but what do you think happened to the Flames in the end? I think they just got um, outrun by a, a better team on the day today. And I think just the, the Boomers, you know, they're here to mean business and they took care of business this afternoon. Now, I was secretly hoping you were going to throw in some kind of extinguishing of flames pun there, but uh, we'll, we'll save that for another time. The flames were extinguished. Extinguished. Nah, you're too late. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you're right. It was a very well-executed... Uh, performance from the Melbourne Boomers, everyone on the bench contributing. Um, and I think uh, it was it's still a pretty decent test, though, uh, from the flat for, for both sides. Um, awesome. Thank you very much. But I feel like, Paul, I feel like we are going to cut back to you. I've just got one question. You think the fact that they haven't played for two weeks might have had something to do with their performance tonight? Yeah, it could do. I think, obviously, with the fever break, it, it could have been a factor too, but also the, play, the players certainly got some adequate rest. So there's always, you know, pros and cons to having a rest, but, um, you know, I certainly think at this very point in time, um, you know, the, the Flames are a little unlucky with Sherbin, perhaps, um, with their fouls and, and whatnot. So I think that that's certainly a contributing factor, but I also think that, uh, you know, the, the Boomers, they're prepping for, for, um, for finals. So I think they really turned up um, the notches in the last quarter and um, really ran home with it. Yeah, I feel like you can often find in these games in particular, like you said, Boomers are in preparation for final. These kinds of games, you still have to kind of use them as a as an opportunity to make sure your plays are being very well executed, uh, to make sure that everyone's on the same page. Like, iron out any creases before they come and bite you on the bum come finals time. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Well... One more home game for the Sydney Flames this Friday. It's their uh, breast cancer round, the pink round. Obviously, we want everybody to show up, get as many fans to the game as possible. And great. Jacinta, thanks so much for calling the Thanks game. for having us.
It's been great. And thank you to everybody who's listened in. And don't forget to catch our next podcast, which will be dropping this week. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to be a really, really good one. I think people will really like it and hopefully uh, inspire some of our listeners in some way. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. No worries. Thanks for having us. Bye. Bye.